Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Today's guest is someone that you're going to want to have a pen and paper ready to take notes for. She is Allison Taylor, and she's a busy mom, a military wife with three kids, and also a meal planning ninja. This is her passion. She really wants to know she's feeding her family well alongside her busy life. So today she's going to offer you tips, tricks, and meal planning ideas to help you tackle that big question, what's for dinner? She's also going to answer some questions directly from our virtual villagers. And this is the coolest part of being part of our free community is that I post ahead of time who I'm interviewing, what the topic is, and what their expertise are. And you get to ask questions and I might ask yours and you might get a direct answer. So enjoy the podcast, take these notes, but be sure to go into the show notes and click through to join our virtual village, our private community on Facebook so that you too can get your questions asked. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to take a minute and thank all the amazing conscious moms who took time and energy out of their day to join me for the Transforming Your Triggers workshop. We shared space, we shared connection, and we started some massive transformation just in those 90 minutes. So I'm thrilled to share with you that the doors to the full program are open. If you're ready to transform the toddler years by doing some deep soul work, some shifting, we're going to tackle the magic of mindset, the power of perspective, and take a peek inside your child's brain, some real neuroscience, right in the beginning of this program, the first three weeks. Then we're going to shift into the science of strategies, talk about the language of our little people, receptive and expressive, the science of our strategies, and then the magic, mama. We are going to create the system Stack those strategies that allow you to create a personalized parenting toolkit to pull from that works for who you are, who your child is, and the beautiful home environment that you are designing. I would love to have you in this live program where we see each other, hear each other, engage with each other, and transform together. We start the first week of April. The doors are open right now. Go pay in full and snag the bonuses that I have with you and save some money on your program too. I am all in. 100% in for the transformation that will allow you to step deeply into your desire to be conscious, intentional, and collaborative as a parent. Create the relationship with your child as an anchor for every phase and stage that comes from now until they are an adult 
and I am all in to help you manage your daily struggles and turn them into successes. Can't wait to see you in the program. If you'd like to join, it's easy. Just go to caraterrell.com backslash transform. That link is in the show notes as well. I am ready to help you transform the toddler years because when you win the toddler years, you've already won the teenage years. Allison, thank you so much for just taking some time of your busy, we are going to talk about how busy you are, busy <laughs> life to share some tips with us about feeding our families. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Kara. I'm happy to be here. So let's start there because um, one of the things that it said in your intake form is that you are a military wife of almost 10 years. Is that right? That's right. Yep. And how old are your kids? One is eight, one is seven, and one is two. Okay. So for 10 years, you have been moving around from place to place to place, having two kids back to back and still managing to prioritize putting nutritious, well-balanced food on tables. I don't even know how to make sense of that. <laughs> yes, it's been a lot. And the thing is, I was a teacher before we got married. And then we decided with our lifestyle and our preferences that I would be a stay-at-home mom. And I still had this work ethic in me to do something, you know? And I was like, what can I do? And I'm like, well, food is so important for our bodies, our energy, everything. So let me focus on that and really get us to a place where we're feeling good and we're making decisions that are helpful and not hurting our family. Amazing. I'm in awe of it. I'm actually one of the things that really intrigued me when I read this is that you also have a master's in education. And so we share that commonality for understanding how important it is to pay attention and be intentional about these first few years of life. So that was really fun to read. Yeah. And what what grade did you teach just out of curiosity? Second grade. Second grade. Okay. Yes. So I was down with the tinies in preschool and kindergarten. Yeah. Um, but the planner in us does not go away, right? The person who can effectively write and rewrite and flex into lesson plans does not disappear. So I imagine that that you brought that to the home environment. Yeah, I think so. And the more I think about it, now that you're bringing that up, I saw what it was like for kids to come to school hungry and how that affected their whole day. And it just really made me realize nutrition is so much for all of us, but for kids, especially because they can't always verbalize that I'm grumpy because I'm hungry or I've been having too much sugar and that's why I'm extremely irritable, <laughs> you know? And I think as adults, we can kind of gather like, I'm not feeling well. Maybe it's because I've been eating too much of this. Let me just slow down on that. Parents, we are responsible for tracking that and kind of correlating that. Um, and I think because I taught and I taught younger kids, I would see like how their diet was kind of affecting their learning abilities or their mood all day. And I think I did bring that 
into when when we had kids like let me do the best for them that so they can go to school and feel good amazing and more than that like you're absolutely right but that we are their first teacher right between birth and five that time frame we really are setting them up for that future success when they go to people who in the first and second grade spaces like you were so what you're doing is allowing them to be their best self all day, every day at home as an infant and as a toddler and as a preschooler. And that's just amazing stuff. Thank um. you. <laughs> and disclaimer, I'm no expert and we still have our times where it's like, okay, we've been buying too many cookies as snacks. Let's pull back. You know, it's just, it's just always that balance of, what's convenient, what's quick, what do we have time for versus, okay, let's be intentional. Let's bring it back to like, what is our real intention here? You know, it's just always, it's just always with everything, having kids, it's always like, okay, balance everything. It's never ending. Absolutely. So let's just lay the foundation here because I think one of the things that really throws us as moms when we have kids is the food component starts out being so easy and then immediately flips like one day the switch flips and it's so hard. We're pregnant. We know exactly what we're supposed to consume and and it's easy to grow and manage a child when they are inside you. They come out. We know what we need to do to increase our caloric intake in a healthy way. If we're choosing to breastfeed, we know which formula is the right answer for our child. If that's what we're doing, it's easy. Even when we start first foods, they're all out there and the evidence is lined up for us. And then one day, all of a sudden it becomes the most unmanageable overwhelming thing in our lives. Why does this happen? Yeah. I mean, I honestly think it starts when we become pregnant because there are so many opinions. There are doctors that will say, stay away from this food. There are other doctors. They're like, Oh, that's not a big deal. It's okay. And even within the world, different countries, think different things and advise pregnant women different things about their diet and how it affects their growing baby. I mean, there's differing opinions about everything, but as humans, I feel like judgment always comes in. That always becomes a thing when there's different opinions. And so we feel that judgment. We we feel guilty if we go to Subway when we're pregnant because we're not supposed to have deli meat, right? Or, okay, if I toast it, then I'm okay because it's killing all the bacteria that could be bad. Like so many things and it starts there. And then baby food, same thing, or even breastfeed. You're judged if you breastfeed, you're judged if you're formula fed. It's all this outside influence. And it's it can be really hard to just listen to your motherly instincts when you have so many opinions coming at you and the judgment, you feel the judgment, it's really hard. And then when those babies develop their own opinions, (laughs) it brings a whole nother thing to it. And it is such a struggle between, I want my kid to eat. So I'm going to give them what I know they're going to eat. And okay, I know it's really important for them to eat. 
broccoli or green vegetables, but they are like terrified of green vegetables. What do I do? How do I get them to eat this? And each kid is different. There's no one size fits all. There's only trial and error. And I've been saying that a lot in my own podcast, but it's so true. You know, there's so much good advice out there. There's so many different strategies to try, but it really comes down to your kid and your family and what's going to work for them. Wow. Yes, you're absolutely right. Every kid is different. And in what I do when I ask a mom that and I say, when did you realize you needed two sets of strategies to parent your two unique different kids? They go, oh my gosh, I might've just realized that right now for the first time and help. But it's true with food as well because our palates are not the same. And it sounds like what you're saying is, correct me if I'm wrong, we bring a level of anxiety to that toddler food phase and we're holding on to everything that's happened almost in a trauma style since that pregnancy, since those early days of infant feeding. Mm -hmm. And we walk into it ready for the fight instead of ready for success. It's so true. It's so true. And then when our toddlers are able to verbalize, I think that brings a whole nother level of anxiety. Like they're going to go tell their teacher or their friends that they got to have ice cream for dinner or whatever it is. And it's like, oh my gosh, we can't do that. Or, oh, we don't eat green vegetables, you know, or I get to have chicken nuggets every night for dinner. When they can talk, it brings a whole nother level of anxiety because we want to be the best parents we can be. And so there's anxiety there. I cannot believe that the spring cohort of the Transforming the Toddler Years class starts in a week. I'm getting so giddy and excited like I do before every time I get to sit inside a space with moms like you who are doing this big work and watch the transformation happen. And I've heard from so many of you who said, oh, I wish I had taken advantage of those earlier bonuses. And of course, they're now expired. That I wanted to share, I've decided to add one more surprise bonus. Sign up between now and when we start and the cart closes on the 4th of April and we start on the 5th. And I will give you a 45-minute check-in chat to be used one anytime within the month after you graduate from the program. That level of final touch and the personalization and processing after we leave the container can be tricky. So I would love to share that with you as a final gift. If you've been waiting for the time to join, now is the time with this bonus Let's transform the toddler years together. So tell us how you do this with your kids. Um, How do you navigate having three unique human beings with three different sets of taste buds, but one meal on the table and knowing that you got something good into all of them? Yeah. So you just have to really think about each kid individually and what they need. And so If I put dinner on the table, serve them their plates, I know that my son doesn't really like bread or tortillas or any sort of 
sandwich type meal. And so I will deconstruct his sandwich and I'll put a piece of bread on the side if he decides he wants to nibble on it. But I know for him, it needs to be like, he needs to be able to see the protein and know like, okay, I'm going to eat each section of my plate. And then my oldest, she is like the logical reasoning, like we got to talk it out type of kid. And so I'll put dinner on the table and she's not picky necessarily, but there will be nights where she doesn't want to eat and she'll be like, well, can I put this on it? And I always try to concede to what she's asking for, because if she wants to put ketchup on whatever thing that I would think is like totally gross, I'm like, sure, if it's going to make you eat it, that's great. And she's getting what she needs from me, which is the like the conversation and feeling like she is playing a part in what she's eating. And that works really well. And then my middle child, she likes to be told and explained why she should even eat what's on her plate. And so I get into the macros. I tell her, you know, she just turned seven, but I tell her, okay, if you eat all of the broccoli or all of the spinach, you're just going to feel like so great tomorrow. Your brain is going to be just ready to learn. Your eyes are going to be just like, you're going to see so well, all of that. And your, your belly's going to feel good. And, you know, I go through like the carbs will give you energy. You'll feel like you can just run around all day and the protein is going to make your muscles grow, all of that, you know, in simple terms, but she really thrives off of like the effects of eating the certain foods on her plate. Oh my gosh. I'm in love with this. You are speaking the core four language right now where we're all about who our kids are really. And as moms understanding that at such a cellular level, that it drives our decision-making and it drives the language we use as we interact with them. And I mean, you're doing that with food. You're blowing my mind right now, Alice. And I would (laughs) never have thought you know, because for me, it's all the social psychology, right? The the human connectedness and those yeah. long-term learning outcomes. So I'm all about teaching parents how to teach their kids the independent skills they need for success as they grow up. This is one of those. And it didn't hit my radar until just now because it's the teacher in me, right? I'm thinking all those, okay, are they, are they gonna get that rubric? Great. Um, <laughs> but this is such a vital part of living is a healthy relationship with food, knowing the right questions to ask when you're not sure, as you grow up through those tween and then teenage years, the relationship with food can get even more tricky. You are doing such a beautiful job raising your kids to be prepared for that. And now everyone who's listening here is saying, oh my gosh, I want to do that too. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, It's day by day. It really is. And I also think we just have to let kids be humans too. There's an element of that. Don't we all have days where we're just like blah Mm -hmm. and we don't feel like eating or we don't want to like go through the whole process. You know, we have to give space for that too, you know? So there are nights where I'm like, I know they're tired. I know that they had, you know, a special day at school where they were offered so many treats where it's like, yeah, I'm sure they don't have an appetite because they're filled up on all of those other things. And you have to remember they're going to go through their own times, you know, and even kids can also have that they're feeling down. And when we feel down, we don't have an appetite. 
And so instead of that anxiety of like, oh my God, they have to eat. Otherwise they're going to be hungry when they go to bed and it's just going to set them up for a terrible day. We just have to allow, okay, they're little humans. Maybe they had a hard day. Let's just allow them to sometimes just, okay, yep. We're not going to struggle tonight at dinner time. Eat what you can. I totally understand. And that relationship building, that permission that you're giving them to have that conversation with you, that you get it. How beautiful is that? Thank you. Yeah. And we're products of the nineties, you know, where you cleaned your plate. Like that's what you did. You sat at the table until you ate everything, no matter what it was, no matter how much it was, that's just what it was. And I have daughters and for me personally, knowing, cause I'm a woman, what that relationship with food can look like and turn into, I am trying so hard to, it's a balance again, right? It's just food, something we have to do. It's like sleep. So like, let's not put everything on it. And here's also why it's important to eat these certain foods for how you're going to grow and feel and be able to learn. It's a balance, you know, but I, I struggled as a teen with eating and body image and, and all of that. Again, in the nineties, I had access to all the junk food, all the pop, all the processed boxed foods that I wanted. And so you're kind of thrown into that and you have to navigate, like, how am I going to develop my own relationship with food so that I can choose a healthier option because of how I know it's going to make me feel. Mm, And this is so important. Moms, I want you to really key in on this because what Allison is saying is that food is an emotional relationship, but we hear it in a derogatory term all the time, right? Oh, she uses food. She eats her emotions. Yes. Yes, yes, we do. Why? Where does it start? It's because of a disconnect as an, and I'm one of those people, I will straight up say, I am one of those people who feels the pull. I now understand it, but who feels that urge when I'm having an emotion to reach for something I know I shouldn't and to think it's going to soothe me only to find out in the end, it didn't work again. So if we can empower our kids when they're little to have emotional conversations and what are we really feeling right now? And Mm -hmm. do I think the Oreo is going to solve it? Yeah. Do you think a walk outside or riding your bike might help? Yeah. And they're so young that they, they know that Oreo will give them that, that rush of good hormones in your brain, that hit of that good feeling. And sometimes it can mean like, okay, they're asking for some connection. They're asking for a good feeling. What other ways can we show them that can mean a good feeling? And my husband and I recently talked about this where when they do a good job on something or when we're, we're celebrating something, it's like automatically, okay, we're going to get ice cream. And my husband and I were, you know, it's a slow change, but it's like, what else can we do to show them that we're proud and it's time to celebrate with not just food? What else can we do that will give them that good feeling you know, and we're celebrating, but it's not centered around food or sugar, you know, and that's hard because that's all around us. That's all we see. Mm. Food is used to celebrate and there's nothing wrong with that, but we have to show them other ways too. And I mean, as teachers, what did we do, right? 
we threw a pizza party for the yep. kids when they and all they were, the and they were ecstatic about it they're you know that five dollar little caesar's pizza they're ecstatic about it yes. Oh, there's so much here. All right. Well, I want to make sure to get to some questions that some of my listeners have asked me to ask you specifically. Um, one is for sure around meal planning and prep. Okay. And so you can weave that in however works best for you. But, oh, here's a great one. What are good meal planning techniques for the single working mom? So I would say to start making small changes. If you aren't meal planning at all or prepping at all, don't think that overnight you're just going to be meal planning every night of the week and you're just going to have everything prepared. Just start small and just make those small changes that are sustainable. And then once those feel good, you can add in more, but don't put it all on you. It's okay. If you want to make a change and start meal planning and for whatever reason you want to do that, Start with, okay, I'm going to figure out two nights a week for dinner. Just start there, figure out two meals. And if you are going to work all day, figure out some slow cooker meals or some meals that can be put together in 10 to 15 minutes when you get home. All of my recipes are really quick because my girls are in a lot of activities and I like to have them eat early enough that they're not going to bed right after they eat. And I know that that can be tough, but that's the goal. So look up some quick recipes, get an idea. And then when it comes to like grocery shopping and actually preparing for those meals that you have thought of, just if you have a few minutes, start on it, figure out the meals, figure out the ingredients that you would need for those meals, write it down on your phone or on, on your notepad, and then revisit it. And if you think, oh, I need paper towels, write it down on that same list. And so then you don't have to sit down and spend an hour where you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what we need. Like, it, this is too stressful. Just have a running list. And for me, grocery pickup and grocery delivery mm. is everything. It's such a time saver. And so a lot of those apps will have like your items all ready to go and you can just add them in your cart that's also a really big time saver. Um, yeah, but just make make a small change and just start from there. That's how all the best changes start. Yes. And it demystifies it. I know yes. for myself, I mean, you and I are both new to this podcasting space. I know for myself, I made it in my head to be so much bigger and scarier and overwhelming than it turned out to be. And totally. I feel the same way about food prep. Um, yeah. And once I get that one meal nailed down, I'm like, well, that was easy, mm -hmm. but I can do another. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So, you know, this question's coming. <laughs> How do I cook a balanced meal for my picky eater? And should I be concerned when they choose not to eat? Well, that's a tough question. Mm -hmm. Only, you know, in your mama heart, if there may be a bigger issue at hand. But generally, if you're making dinner or if you are making a change where you're no longer giving them what they want every night and you're like, well, I'm making this for dinner and this is what we're having. If you're making that change from giving them their go-to, yeah, that's going to be a change for them and you're going to have to kind of slowly transition them. As far as a balanced meal, 
I think it comes down to finding a vegetable that they like or will tolerate and slowly adding it into the meal that you're preparing. There's differing opinions, but what works for my family is to not just put a big pile of broccoli on the plate. Um, it's intimidating. It's just this big pile of green. And for some reason, you know, vegetables are just such a battle. So I will chop everything really, really small and put it into the meal that I'm making. So if I'm making taco meat, I'll add spinach. And the spinach is really, really small. And when I first started doing this, it was a small amount. I wasn't just pouring the whole bag in. It was a small amount chopped really finely, broken up really finely, and just added in, right? So it's part of the base of the taco, you know? And you can do that with pasta. And a big thing for me is trying out those different plant-based pastas that have a lot of protein. That helps them get protein if they struggle with eating meat or eating the protein that you're offering them. That's a good way. And I think just adding in something that you know they like, whether that's cheese or ranch or ketchup, just letting them have the thing that feels safe. Because again, food is emotional. And as kids, they know that their mac and cheese is a safe food. It's comfort, right? They know they like it. It's not scary or whatever it is that they like, you know, that's safe to them. So try basing a meal off of what they like and just let it expand from there. That is brilliant. <laughs> you know, it's funny too, because there's inquiry involved. There's questioning. Yeah. And very often it's, we're in reactive mode at that time and we don't oh stop gosh. to question. Yeah. My 18-year-old just said these words out loud this last week and I was like, what? That's true. I didn't know this about you. She said, I prefer my carrots raw. I'm not a real big fan of them cooked. And I was yeah. like, how did I not know that about you? I wish I had. I wish I'd stopped to ask the question yeah. instead of just being like, eat your carrots. Right, right. And that's the thing. You have to try different things. It's You would never think that a child would prefer raw vegetables, but my kids are the same way. They could eat so much raw broccoli, as long as they're having, you know, ranch or cheese with it. But when I cook it, it mm -hmm. is a battle. And I think what you just mentioned brought up another thing is we come reactive. And a lot of that is personal. And the same thing goes for any part of parenting, right? We're reactive because we're anticipating some sort of fight or struggle or battle. And we cannot be angry or frustrated when we go into it, because they can already sense that and they already feel like they're doing something wrong before they even have a chance to do the right thing. And I think also that anxiety doesn't create a healthy relationship with food. And it's taken a long time for me to not feel like I have to eat everything on my plate because that's how I was raised. Yes. And it's taken me seeing other people like leave food and I'm like, oh yeah, you can stop when you're full. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Right. Because we also have like that, that guilt of like, I just wasted food or money because food is so expensive, but it doesn't do any good to overeat. That's not healthy or good for you. So uh, it's all about mindfulness, isn't it? Yeah, it really is.
Well, here's the great part because your brilliant meal planning ninja brain has done so much work for us. Tell everybody how they can get what you have to offer them. They can start today, where they can find you and how you can help. Yes, thank you. I have my own podcast called Everybody's Gotta Eat, and you can find it on mostly every platform that you can listen to podcasts. And then on Instagram, I'm at everybody's.gotta.eat. I share some recipes and meal planning tips, and everything's just centered around food and what it means to all of us. And I sometimes will have a nutritionist or an expert in their field come on and talk about food or just fun stories that we can all relate to and feel that connection. And that's what I really want to do is just help moms take away the stress of meal planning. And that means practically, but also mentally removing any sort of stress or overwhelm that comes with feeding your family. And then the stress is not there when we actually sit down and eat, and you can enjoy the experience of being a family at a mealtime. I loved everything about this conversation. I have to say I am at the point where within months of this recording, we will be empty nesters. And so the missing of the family mealtime is going to be real. Um, so moms out there, make the most of it. Really like lean into those years while you have them at the table and make it family building time and take the stress out of it by going and grabbing Allison's guide at her Instagram page. Thank you so much, Allison, for all your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Mama, for making time for yourself and prioritizing your parenting, listening to this podcast. Until the next episode, stay mindful and proactive as you transform the toddler years.